Hey everybody, welcome to an emergency podcast. It's not really an emergency, but there's something we need to get off our chests. We're going to talk about headline writers today. Welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the uh, Maroon PR podcast, all things public relations, media, etc., etc. Joining us today is uh, Matt Williams and Jen Renahan. Hello, Matt. Hello, how are you, John? Hello, Jen. Hello, John. And our silent but trustworthy producer, Brittany. <laughs> She's waving wildly. So, guys... This past week, locally, we had a little bit of a, um, a, a situation where there was a fairly innocuous story written by a local publication about a client, and the headline did not reflect that story, and it created some angst among our client and within our office, and, you know, that's what they do. That's what headlines do, and that's kind of what they're designed to do, but I think sometimes... Headline writers are the coolest thing ever, and they keep interest super, super high. In fact, I dug up a few of my favorite. I think we all know, people that are familiar with the industry know that in New York, the tabloids of New York are notorious for some of the all-time great headlines. So I pulled a few up. Let me remind you. So we're not dogging all headline writers, but we're dogging some of them. So some of the head. Headless Body and Topless Bar, one of the all-time famous <laughs> headlines, New York Post, 1982. Kiss Your Asteroid Goodbye, New York Post, 1998. Ford to City, Drop Dead. I don't even know what the context behind yeah. this. That was in the Daily News. And my personal favorite, this, this was the headline in the New York Daily News in 1999 after the Senate failed to convict President Clinton. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> so they go over the line. They call it, make people laugh and giggle and smile. And for sure, that's the good stuff. I think the bad point is, the bad part is, or when they, when when headlines go astray, is when they create an illusion of what's in the body of a story, and they sensationalize things. And the byproduct of that is a rift between journalists and PR people like ourselves. Nine times out of ten, uh, the journalists had nothing to do with the headline, and then right. they're the ones hearing it from PR people and, and other people about how the headline was bombastic. Or worse, people skip the headline, skip the story altogether because they just read the headline and they go away. It's clickbait. It's the new way. So, just wanted to talk about that, Matt. You've been you're four days older than me, so you've seen a little <laughs> more. Um, please expound. Yeah. I, John, absolutely, and, and I think you know it's it's something that PR professionals deal with probably a lot more than people realize. Um, there's nothing more frustrating than working with a reporter on a an in depth story of some sort, something that's that's maybe intricate, complicated, etc. The reporter does a terrific job of gathering all the information they could possibly gather, and and pretty much being balanced and fair, and then. <laughs> The, the headline is written and it and it causes a stir and it it is a problem for your client just exactly what you said John because sometimes that's all that people read and frankly it can it can be a problem for the journalists themselves because you know they didn't you know and, and it's happened numerous times to me for me and I'm sure it has for you too that, that numerous times the journalist will come back and say I just want to know I want you to know I didn't write the headline and mm -hmm. and that happens a lot and it's a shame because it it can it can absolutely trash a, a you know some really good work uh, done by both the re reporter and then also by the PR team to try to get them the information that they need to get. It's frustrating. Well, and also, don't you think it has implica implications on 
the reporter's relationships, not just with the our client, you know, in this example, but all of the sources that were within a story, right? Mm-hmm. So the sources took the time to share their opinions, share their sides. It's very balanced. Get all the information. And then the headline could then in turn create bad relationships with the sources and the the story, the business that the story is about. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it kind of goes, goes. No, no doubt. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, when, when, when you talk to a reporter, they're, not real happy about it either because then they're putting they're the ones getting the calls no one the headline writers they hide they're not even named they're named headline writer and they just fl- flit around an office unnamed you can't reach them you don't know who they are half the time we actually do know who the one was from last week and had a exchange with him but um you know that that's a problem and now in the social media universe it's all clickbait right mm-hmm. so the headline almost does, never has to reflect what the story is. You just want them to click on it. That's why you put uh, uh, well-known names in the header yeah. or just certain keywords and anything to get the click. But again, I think that the, the, the huge downside is that you're trying to build trusting relationships with journalists and your clients or your bosses or whoever, whatever position you're in. And regardless of the body the story could really really go south because a headline writer was getting cute or clever rather than sticking to the meat no doubt and I, you know i think that, you know clearly there's there's some good reasons and some bad reasons for for having a headline writer separate from the reporter i mean one clearly is that the if it's a copy editor for instance who's writing the headline for that particular issue, they know the space constraints on that headline. They know where it's going to be, how many columns it's going to, wide it's going to be, et cetera. That's kind of archaic stuff these days. But um, that that is a good reason to. But you know, conveniently, for the for the reporter and the publication, the headline writer, the the reporter who has done all this work doesn't write the headline so that they don't have to be controversial. You know, that controversial headline is what's going to get the, the eyeballs. And the the reporter can then always throw up their hands and say, I didn't write the headline, sorry. You know, um, and that's a little frustrating too when you when it, it, it absorbs the story and it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, that, that might give them cover. I don't buy that. It gives them that much cover, right? I mean, I know the spirit behind it. And I think I think less than you've seen more and more journalists getting involved in their headlines these days just because the, the newsrooms are smaller. And so everybody's wearing a lot of different hats. But that said, um, you're still upsetting. Like, it's just not commensurate with the story. So, I mean, a headline can be bombastic if the story's bombastic, but it's the times when it just doesn't match that then, then the relationships, because the, then the journalists have to go back to these folks and like, I'm not, remember that headline and forgetting that the body, the story was actually generally on, on point. Right. Right. Um, well, it just goes back, I think, in, to this conversation around the ethics in, in journalism in today's world because they're tasked with clicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it like every single newspaper is tasked with clicks. It's it's no longer just the fitting the great headlines into the print publication and figuring out the space, right? It's it's how many clicks are we, are we gonna get on this article? So then that goes back to, well, why even write the article if you're just trying to get people to click? So then you can show your advertisers mm-hmm. how many clicks you have on a story. Like where does the the time spent on stories, you know, when you have all this data, where like where does that come into play? Or responses that you get to stories, um, like how does that fit into this new landscape of 
of just everything being clickable and trackable and collecting date data. Yeah, that's to right. To me, that should the headlines should it, it should be much more than just the headlines to organizations. And maybe it is, and maybe we're just seeing, you know, from our perspective, we don't mm -hmm. know the ins and outs of how they're they're tracking their own stories. But you know, we get it from clients of, well, are people reading our social media posts or? You know what's how are you how are you judging your efforts? You know how, what's the return on our investment? Well, are the newspapers doing the same thing? Or if it's just sure it gets clicked, but yeah, I mean, is look, it being read? Is it? Um, we always talk about compelling content. Yeah. Everything you put out, it's got to be compelling, right? And, and I get it, it <laughs> yeah. does. So what what? How do you make a, a story um, with a news gathering agency compelling? You slap a okay. you slap a header on there that people are going to say, oh shit, I got to read that, and they click on it. You know, yeah. right. I just think it's unfortunate for when there are situations like the one we had that it's a difficult topic. It's a uh, a topic that needs a lot of explaining, mm -hmm. um, misconceptions about you know this particular issue, where it could have been a story that you know really helped explain it a little bit more and um, you know helped our client get their story out there a little bit more. Um, and now it's completely opposite. Yeah, I, I think you know one thing for PR folks to you know take from these kinds of lessons yeah. is especially if you're in a in a business where you have a, a one person really on this beat, you know one or two people on this beat that cover you all the time. Um, I think PR folks need to prepare their clients for the fact that just if, if there's an inflammatory headline but the story's pretty good, don't trash the journalist and don't don't just don't mm -hmm. just say we're not gonna deal with them anymore, you know, because it's a you know, you're gonna have to deal with them. They're gonna be on your beat and and the the journalist Many times, and in this case, did, did did pretty much did their job. It's it's you can't just get rid of the relationship with that journalist just because of one. Headline. Well, it goes back to what Jen was saying earlier. I mean, then then there's too much pressure on this click stuff because why would people working together jeopardize each other's professional relationships by you know being yeah. just for the sake of being bombastic? So it's a little maddening. I mean, it's an interesting dovetail too into. You know, right now there's a local TV station going to war publicly with a local politician. A politician, um, let's call her Marilyn Mosby. She's uh, <laughs> she's suing uh, Fox 45, which is a local Fox affiliate, um, for what they call unfair coverage, biased coverage. They even dropped the racist. There's a shock, racist word in there. So you know, now instead of just kind of like fighting it behind the scenes, the TV station's now tweeting about it. They're tweeting letters of support. They're tweeting their opinion. They're getting hit up, hit hard on Twitter and other social media platforms as well. So there's, a, there's now public battles ensuing. And I think all this feeds into this narrative that, you know, um, with, with about the media and, and, and how they operate and all that good stuff. But there's there seems to be less trust right now between outlets and the people they cover. And that's not good. It's certainly not good for us. It's just not good for the country overall. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it, it makes definitely makes our jobs harder. But it also kind of gives us the opportunity to really build better relationships, right? Because I think that's something that's hard to do in this day and age when you – journalists are writing on several beats they're here they're there they're you know they're all over the place but now you know a step in the right direction is getting this particular journalist to go down and and to, you know and sit with our client and talk more so i think that needs to it's just more of a focus that needs to happen regardless of what the headline's going to come out but maybe with more open and, and relationships that we can try to get back to that i think that's something that us pr people can you know 
try to, as a takeaway, right? Yeah. Or something. And, and, you know, like, I, you know, we've talked about this a lot, and it's the evolution of, of the industry and how um, these once either stayed publications, very, you know, conservative with, with regard to their actions, mm-hmm. have now really loosened their reins. And on social media, they're, they're, they're creating buzzes on social media as well, just like everybody else. And it, um, it, it seems to, I don't know if, if it's really, I'm not sure it's really good for the institution. Um, <laughs> and I think it, you know, it, it does, there is a lack of trust there now when then once perhaps there was, they were held to a higher, you know, uh, steam. And now it's, it's, it feels like that they, they're down there with, in the, with, Everybody else now. Well, look, you, you, we can go down a whole rabbit hole on this. It's the civility of the society in which we live. Civility right. has gone down the tubes in the last, you know, ten years. And so, you know, whether whether that's um, politics, media, social media, sports, like it infiltrates civility or the lack thereof infiltrates every part of the world in which we live right now. And I think it kind of makes it for a less little less pleasant place to be i would just also say um i think as another takeaway organizations that you know you do have the power now in your owned media to fight back and to to kind of reshape your narrative and if you choose to you know be public in a civil way right but you can tell your own story you can put out you you could share that story out but with your own you know, perspective, spin on, yep. not spin, perspective. Yes. She said spin. <laughs> spin. <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> have that, that out. Bring, out. Yeah. That out. Um, but yeah, but there's a lot you can do um, to share your story yeah, um, I mean, when those kind of things happen. And I think that's just a good takeaway for all of us to think about when we're advising clients and, um, you know, to do it delicately, but to, to push out the content that you want out there as well. Yeah, building building your own case in your own on your own channels. That's probably a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Earned own paid, baby. Right. That's where right. we live. I will I will say I had a, an experience. I know you say I'm younger, but I had an experience with a headline. You're catching up. Um, <laughs> when I was with the National Aquarium, I had a local publication. The headline was Dolphin Found Dead at the National Aquarium, which is wow. very inflammatory. A baby dolphin um, died a couple days after it was born, which is a pretty... Right, you know, terrible thing for everyone in the organization. But and I was told that they treat deaths of animals just like they would someone in the Baltimore City. Wow. And that was, <laughs> wow. That was a very, you know, that was a really, really tough and had a lot of longstanding implications. Well, that. from what you told me too, the trainers there are super passionate about the oh, animals you know, there, and they care deeply, deeply, yeah. deeply about them. So you see something like found dead. dead, and it implies like, right, like it oh, was, we were we were busy screwing around. We walked over, oh, the dolphin's dead, and I mean that, that's not right, you know, right? But what what it did, it got people go, holy shit, yeah, found dead, yeah, click, yeah. click. No, yeah, obviously, yeah, there are lots of conversations and opinions and, and whatever that come from that, but yeah. just to get, it's you know very inflammatory. No doubt. Yeah. Okay, that was it. Um, we, a little longer than we thought. We went down a few uh, snake holes there, but we wanted to hit on a few things. Headline writers cause problems sometimes, but on other times they're really funny. That's the end. That's the <laughs> takeaway. Okay. So if you're a headline writer out there, be funny and not inflammatory. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Spin is a Four Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>